0: Welcome to Episode 9 of the Berean Bible Prophecy Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to wherever you are from Nashville, Tennessee. This is Bob McLaurin, November 28th, and in this episode I want to cover, really just going to some pure speculation. This is one of those topics that I uh, would chew on privately and really don't wouldn't tell, would not share this with anyone except a fellow watcher for fear of, of being mocked, which, as I've said in the past, comes from the church. The mockers are not outside the church. They're within it, uh, mocking anyone who would dare look for the return of Christ in a, from a near point of view, from our lifetime that yeah. is that scoffed so uh, they're fulfilling prophecy uh, anyway uh, what i wanted to bring up was a paper that i had found several years ago by on a on a forum the six seal forum and it was written by a guy named mariano franco he's from a country in south america i don't recall where and i've tried to find him on facebook and online could not find him couldn't get a hint of where he might be and if this was the right guy but he wrote three articles or or postings on their forum and uh, all were all three were very uh, very well done and uh, presented out of the box ideas really made you think and they they had some uh, seemed like they were Legit As far as possibility, the one I wanted to present to you is about Purim and his paper was called Purim imagery in Revelation 11. And the premise of his paper was he proposes that the gift giving that occurs at the midpoint of the uh, 70th week after the two witnesses are killed by the beast. Um, wasn't a celebration of Christmas or and and not necessarily a uh, just people exchanging gifts because the beast has overcome the two witnesses, but it was actually a participation in the celebration of Purim, and I've forgotten some of the details of the paper, but I'll, I'll post a link to it where you can find it. and uh, But what he goes on to say is it appears to be a triple Purim. And I'll back up and just share Purim. The celebration is detailed in Esther chapter 9, and it gives the details of how it's celebrated. It's typically celebrated over two-day period, uh, Adar 14 and 15, Adar fourteen, and Adar, I'm I'm saying it. It's probably the country way of saying it. Uh, I, so bear with me, but uh, Adar fourteen cannot occur on a Shabbat. Uh, the fifteenth can, and and uh, it is celebrating the Jews' victory over their over the Persians specifically Haman, who had hatched a plan to uh, destroy all the Jews. Uh, the is detailed in the book of Esther. And the battle took place over two days, evidently. And um, I believe the 15th of Adar, that is when they overtook the walled cities. So they, they took the... You know, the surrounding areas and then the walled cities of the walled city of Shushan, which is in Iran. Uh, It is a walled city, and I believe Shushan may even be the meaning of that walled city. But uh, this celebrate, it's celebrated now, uh, or I should say, when it's celebrated, it is. Uh, on the 14th of Adar, for everyone who is not in a walled city, and then the 15th is for those in a walled city. And what Mariano Franco goes into, what uh, he identifies as a some clues that he details in his paper, would would make it a triple Purim. When the 15th of Adar occurs on Shabbat, it's extended to a third day uh third day celebration and uh i believe during all the purims whether it's triple or not they they celebrate by giving gifts to each other and specifically portions of food and uh some go to the poor things like that but uh the the celebration is specifically celebrating how the jews there was no hope they were Uh, they were about to be exterminated and then the tables are turned on their enemy and their enemies are wiped out. So what's significant about this holiday at the midpoint, if, if this, again, it's just total pure speculation, but if this were the case, if they were celebrating a triple Purim, what this would be, let's let's drop this or lay it over the timeline of the 70th week, those two or three days uh, at the midpoint, which would be the fifth seal from what we can see in Revelation 6, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. So you overlay those days. And what this would be is the, the two witnesses who... Are prophesying against Israel. They're not befriending them. They are uh, because at this point Israel is aligned with the Antichrist, the the Beast, and uh, so the two witnesses are witnessing against Israel. There, it's been uh, plagues, calling down fire for anybody who opposes them. Um, it's it's been a they have been a nemesis to Israel, and at you know, and at the midpoint, the beast overcomes the two witnesses, and their bodies lay in the street. I believe it's three and a half days. Now, and then in Revelation eleven, all this is in Revelation eleven, but they're seeing celebrating, exchanging gifts. Uh, that's in the that's in the scripture there and it would be fitting that this is the celeb- this is the celebration of purim because they are they've had these enemies that they could not overcome and the beast rises up takes them out and it's a shadow of it's certainly a shadow of Esther in a negative sense for them and the and the double negative is that now the beast turns on them when he sets himself up on the throne and, and calls himself God, sets himself above all other gods and sits on the throne. So, and Jesus in the that Discourse, specifically the major sign, when you see these things, you know, and especially when you see that happen, don't even go up to the rooftop, get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, flee so uh, with all that the background on Purim um, I started looking at what signifies it what makes a triple Purim and because it's when the 15th of Adar falls on a sabbath uh, could we find it on a calendar again this is pure speculation so I I would never I'm a a pre-wrath guy, so I would never look at this as a rapture date. I mean, this is the midpoint. And for me, and to me, being reasonable, I think the scripture most fits a pre-wrath model. You wouldn't wouldn't even be in rapture timing until the sixth seal, Uh, the fifth seal being the innumerable... uh, martyrs under the altar crying out for you know asking when is God's wrath going to commence so um, with that I started looking at when did triple purims occur and I did find found them on the calendar and the the next set of triple purims I will say they're not rare but they're, they certainly aren't frequent and they, they might only occur a dozen times in a century, I'm guessing, based on the numbers I'm seeing. But uh, the next triple Purim is 2021, which I would think is disqualified because I, there's no way I would believe we're already in the 70th week. Um, the next one after that is 2025. And then the next one is 2045. 2048, 2052, 2072. So, if this were the case, if if a triple purim were the midpoint, for me, the the next uh, best the the best date to pin this midpoint down. Again, it's not a rapture point, but it's it's really it's the first sign that we can nail down in a 70th week and know for sure is when the abomination of desolation occurs. The other, the preceding four seals are kind of up in the air. You don't know when they actually start uh, until you, you know, you see a specific thing happen uh, looking backwards. So, because they could be gradual, who knows? And they don't have to actually be in the 70th week, the first four seals. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards they are, but maybe they aren't. Who knows? Anyway, sidetrack. So 2025, and specifically the date on that Triple pyramid is March 15th, 2025. And so if you back up 1260 days to get the beginning of the 70th week, that puts you at October 2nd, 2021. And I look at that and I think about what all has to occur. And I, I, I think there is a ton of stuff that would need to happen. At least what I, in my head, what I think as far as things aligning for the 70th week to kick off. But in our recent history, the news cycle is just running at a blur it is so fast how events come and go on the scene things that used to you'd hear talk about something and then it really wouldn't kick off for several years later now we're seeing just overnight we're seeing changes in whole technologies uh, everything moving much quicker than we've ever seen before and more and more information, more and more accessibility, more and more architecture uh, coming on the scene that dictates how we live our lives and uh, net being drawn closer and closer around everyone. So 2025 is certainly a realistic date. 2021, the start of it, uh, I could definitely see it happening. So those are the. That's the thing I look at privately. I don't. I don't put. Uh, I don't put a lot of stock into it. I, it's just something I file away in my watchfulness. But it's. It isn't going to be anything that I'm upset if, uh, or I start recalculating dates if something doesn't happen it's because it's just pure theory. Pure speculation. So uh, uh, I'm just trying to throw these things out to you because uh, you are a watcher and there aren't very many at all. At all. There are a lot of people who, f- there's there's very few people who follow Bible prophecy by percentage of christianity but even within that there's very very few that are actually watch watchers or watchful by that i mean they're paying attention they're analyzing they fact check for the most part people just the broader the broader community of bible prophecy is you know the same old stuff that hasn't changed for 40 years that You know, it's about oil, it's about Russia, it's about Rome, the Pope, all that kind of stuff. It requires no study, no, uh, you know, you get what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, moving it. Well, one thing I looked at is, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in the Revelation 12 sign as far as it being legit. And I've always wondered, like, how close it is to the commencement of the 70th week, if if it bears any, uh, if it's close to it at all, which I think it is. I thought it was a road sign on the highway towards that. So I subtracted the uh, September 23rd, 2017, from October 2nd, 2021, to see if there was any numerical significance, and it's 1470 days. I didn't see anything there. If you, you know, it's a number divisible by seven. I don't know that that means anything in the grand scheme. I wasn't going to force anything there, so it it didn't produce any new thought there for me. So uh, anyway. And then just back to Purim of why it why I would prefer, or I should say expect, Purim over a competing theory like Hanukkah. And traditionally, I didn't. I don't think Hanukkah was uh, a, a feast or a celebration that that the Jews exchanged exchanged gifts. I, I in my head, at least my perception is that it is only because there's so many secular Jews exposed to Christmas. Christmas is just a massive consumer event now. And Hanukkah has just gotten drawn into that same uh, consumerism as far as, you know, their kids, Jewish kids see the other kids with gifts in this awesome time of year. I mean, it's impossible to not get drawn into it. It's a wonderful, wonderful time of year to give and to receive. And I think Hanukkah has become a gift-giving thing, not out of tradition from the beginning, but just because it is so closely uh, associated to Christmas uh, culturally, not Jewish, but our American culture. Um, Anyway. Those are my thoughts on Purim and how speculative that is. Uh, Grant me that. I'm I'm not holding my breath by any means on that. And I'll close with this. Uh, I may have already spoken about it in a previous episode, but I subscribe to a YouTube channel called The Military Channel, and it's a collection of these tremendous motivational military videos. And initially... It was, you know, U.S. Army, NATO, you know, Rangers, Marines, SEALs, really cool stuff and impressive uh, how technical and uh, how how well-equipped our forces are, military forces are, and what I started to notice on the channel is, it's it's been presenting military uh, armies and military factions of countries from all over the world, and I want I want to read them first before I tell you what I've noticed about them all, and a lot of these are overlap and. Obviously, obviously, a lot of these are due to the influence of American military around the world. But uh, let me cut through this list real quick. Delta Force, Green Berets, U.S. Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Rescue Rangers, Ghost Elite Forces. And these are all video snippets about each of these selective groups. Spanish Navy SEALs, Israeli Navy SEALs, French Commandos australian special forces british polish special forces uh british sas british special special boat service israeli special forces canadian armed forces italian gis italian wolves let me turn the page this is huge uh Bundeswehr German Armed Forces, I know I mispronounced that, German Navy SEALs, German Elite, German Special Forces, Nordic Warriors, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia Special Forces, French Foreign Legion, French Special Forces, Soldado Mexico, Chinese Armed Forces, Chinese Special Forces, Korean Military Power, Bad Boys of NATO, Austrian Special Forces, Egyptian Military, Black Cobra, Egyptian Special Forces, Ukrainian Army, Ukrainian Special Forces, Security Service of Ukraine, Indian Cobra Commandos, Indian Special Forces, Indian Para Special Forces, Royal Saudi Arabian Military, Algerian Special Forces, Serbian Special Forces, Tunisian Special Forces, Chilean Special Forces, Belgian. Hungarian, Brazilian, Norwegian, Pakistan, Iranian, Vietnamese, Dutch, Polish, Japanese, Colombian, Filipino, Turkish, Indonesian, and Scandinavian special forces. Now, and then that's just their that's just their uh, individual special elite units. You know, beyond that, they've got their standard military and then a branch of each, you know, naval and uh, air, all that for each of those. Well, what struck me was, you know, everybody's got an army. That isn't what surprised me. But what struck me is when you watch these videos, they all have very, very similar combat gear. I mean, they head to toe. They are equipped with uh, the the same type, look and feel armor and and weaponry and uh, sight gear, whether it's night gear or other type of visual aids. Um, it it was that's what caught my eye. Was I mean, who would have thought that Tunisian special forces look anything like the US forces or Vietnamese or Dutch or Chilean or Philippine, French, German, Japanese. They're all they all look the same. And that's what shocked me. I mean, what's out there right now is whoever, you know, the man of sin, the the beast, the the equipment is out there. The manpower is out there. And we know the technology's there. Uh, 5G's coming. And I heard today that the difference in 4G that you've got on your cell phone right now is you can the, the network can manage 10,000 cell devices within a square mile. The difference maker for 5G, this network, is it will manage it can it's capable of handling 3 million cellular devices in one square mile now and and what turns what flips it on its head for 5g is where 4g you're carrying your phone and you have all your applications on your phone the the 5g everything's in the architecture so the the network contains all the smarts through detection of through facial recognition through uh like we've talked in the past the way you walk the way you talk uh just the the way a human interacts with people things that you really can't disguise the network is capable now, due to the sensors that are that are capable of being added to this system without overloading it. That you don't, you won't have to carry a phone or a device anymore. Now we're we're a little bit from that, but I mean, China's already far down that road. Um, I, I, a stat I heard today again was I think they were going to have two cameras for or one camera for every two people their population within the within the country of China one camera for every two people two citizens Uh, so when you consider that type of society I mean the, the net is there it's ready to be drawn in and it's, it's nothing that's freaking me out, but it certainly caught my eye because when you see every single army outfit, I remember back in the day, 25, 30 years ago, where you'd see the U.S. and you see, or a major country's army, and you'd see how sophisticated they looked compared to a third world country where they just, they look very ragtag Uh, high stepping and you know it looks like they're just out for a parade they they really don't look like they're well trained at all now on this channel i mean i don't know who's recording these videos but i mean hungarian belgian pakistan serbian Uh, i didn't even know these outfits had special forces i mean it, it blew my mind so you know tunisian I don't I couldn't find Tunisia on the map I know where it is, uh, about where it is but uh it's just crazy the proliferation of technology military proliferation around the world and you've seen it in your own local police forces how your local police have become militarized in in many of the major cities so. So all I've got, uh, I will post the links to the paper. I'll, I'll also post a, a link about Purim that describes it much better than I did. I apologize for my my uh, lame explanation of it, but uh, I'll I'll throw some details that I've got on the uh, on the page there. Have a great week, Happy Thanksgiving wherever you are, and God bless you.